Coming up on today's episode, we got the Miami Dolphins back on the win column. How about them Dolphins, baby? Four and three, picking up a win. Listen, it feels damn good to be talking about a Dolphins win yet again. We had three weeks off of a win after starting off so hot with the 3-0 start. Tua came back into the lineup. He looked good. Didn't look great. A lot of things to digest. I'm going to evaluate his performance. Don't worry. It's coming up on the podcast, but we have a lot to talk about besides Tua. We're going to recap the Dolphins game on Sunday Night Football. My takeaways, what I like about it, what I didn't like. And how about Noah Igbenogany? Game-saving interception? Listen, it's been a couple days since. I don't know if I'm still dreaming. I don't know if it was a dream or what. I might have to watch the game again, but listen, Noah Igbenogany with the game-saving interception? Listen, I'm here to give Noah some love. Keep it locked in for what I have to talk about. Like I said, a whole breakdown of the game Sunday, and then we're shifting things on over to talk about our next matchup this weekend against the Detroit Lions. I share my preview. I share my prediction, give you guys my X factors, and where exactly I think this Dolphins team can capitalize and take advantage of the Detroit Lions coming up this Sunday. After that, you know how we finish this thing off on the podcast as always. Best bets and predictions. We have all that coming up right here on the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast. I am absolutely stoked to be talking about a Miami Dolphins win let's just say hey man Dolphins are finally back in the win column and I'm gonna tell you something it feels freaking good (laughs) after starting the season three and oh dropping three in a row after that being three and three but finally back in the win column at four and three and having quarterback to attack of Iloa back in the aqua and orange representing the boys feels damn good so the Dolphins coming off a nice 16 to 10 W against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday Night Football, where the world is watching, where the throwback uniforms were out there, where your quarterback Tua is back, and where Noah Igbenogany was a factor in the game? (laughs) Listen, how about that, man? Um, Thoughts on the game on Sunday. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't pretty. But at the end of the day, a win is a win, and any damn win is hard to come by, especially in the NFL. Like, I don't care if you're going up against a team that has, you know, a team is 0-5. I don't care if you're going against a team that is 1-4, you know, 0-7, 0-8. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, all of these teams, they are professional teams. At the end of the day, these are professional players. And you're going against a coach like Mike Tomlin, and you pick up a win? Listen, I'm taking that all damn day, so it feels good to be back in the win column, man. <laughs> it feels damn good to be back 4-3, and three. and Tua, look, every game that Tua starts and finishes this season, he's undefeated. It's, he's 4-0 and oh and looking to continue that, which I think he will, and more to that in just a moment. Let's just talk about the game here. My thoughts on that, honestly, Tua's return, I, I was geared up. Like, I was psyched up. The fact that we're playing on Sunday Night Football, the fact that we have these throwback jerseys, and the fact that Tua is back, like, it's just like this energy you feel like, damn, I can't wait for the game. And I was watching Red Zone all day, counting down the time 
to see our boys get out there. And all I could think of is, man, you know what? Pick up the win and Tua stay healthy. That's it. That's all I wanted. I mean, I wanted a beatdown. I thought it was going to be a beatdown. Quite frankly, it wasn't. But all I was thinking about is, listen, get the win. Get back in the win column. You got a nice little fairly easy schedule coming up. And Tua, stay healthy. Tua, go down. Don't take hits. Throw the ball away if need be. If you're going to run, slide. Tua said that he was going to do that before the game. They said that on an interview. Now, I'll let you guys that didn't watch take a guess if Tua actually followed all that. The answer is a flat-out no. Tua did not throw the ball away when needed. Tua was tucking it and running and not going down sliding. He was taking hits, almost got hit in the head as well. Could have been called for a flag, but it wasn't. And on the replay, it showed like it was like a helmet-to-helmet at first, but he did end up getting hit on the shoulder. But still, I mean, like, why are you putting yourselves in harm's way after you just came back from that nasty concussion? Like, what are you doing to it? Like, man, I mean, this kid, like, I understand that he's, you know, tough and trying to prove people wrong. And I I love that. I really do. But, man, did you see what the hell we look like when you're not out there? We cannot afford this man to go back out. Um, with another concussion or any type of injury like you got to learn how to slide like it does not matter listen all the people are going to be haters don't do things just to shut people up man you got to protect yourself and you got to protect the team I mean team first and the team needs your ass out there so Tua my man please start to slide start to throw the ball away I mean my goodness man a couple near heart attacks throughout the game but Tua looked awesome I mean from beginning it just looked like we're firing on all cylinders like Tua was the missing piece which he was he was getting the ball out quick throwing with a lot of velocity to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle early on I really really liked the connection there I thought Trent Sherfield did a decent job he caught all three of his targets finished with 44 yards so nice to see Trent Sherfield get involved I thought uh, Gasicki was solid three catches for 27 yards nice to see him get involved he had a lot of targets as well Uh, Raheem Mostert out of the backfield and catching the football he did his thing but yeah that Dolphins offense looked like wow like this is the type of shit that we were missing out on for all these weeks when Tua was out it was nice to see it all come together again man I'm telling you something like we were just it looked like the Dolphins were ready to just smack this team like right away it really did I mean we got it to a crazy start it was a 13-0 lead in the first quarter And quite frankly, I mean, we only won the game 16 to 10. So after that, let's just say that's when it just got really, really ugly. And it was quite surprising to me. Shout out to Jason Sanders, by the way. He did make all his all his kicks and he has been struggling as of late. Granted, nothing was over 50 yards. But at the end of the day, those points were needed. We got a six point win and it was it came down to the end. So. Got to give credit where credit is due. Listen, Jason Sanders still has a lot to prove, but hey, you get a special shout-out on the podcast today, so shout-out to you. Um, I thought the running game was really, really solid today, on Sunday, sorry. Raheem Mostert, like I said earlier, 16 carries for 79 yards and then provided uh, four catches for 30 yards out of the backfield um, in the passing game, so over 100 total yards from Mostert. I think he is awesome. I think I want to give him the ball more, but at the same time, you know the injury history when it comes to Raheem Mostert. So you kind of got to try to pick and choose your battles. Uh, Chase Edmonds, man, what can I say about Chase Edmonds? I mean, he's been an absolute freaking bust, man. I mean, a two-year contract, you're thinking that Chase Edmonds is going to be the real deal. 
You know, he can catch. You know, he can run. You know, he's a veteran. You know, Mike McDaniel obviously, you know, was against him many times because remember, Chase Edmonds played for the Arizona Cardinals. Mike McDaniel was offensive coordinator for the Niners. Same division. You're seeing this guy twice a year. You're a run game specialist. My boy mentioned this on the stream on Sunday. You would probably assume that, you know, Mike McDaniel says, hey, I see something in him and they're not utilizing him correctly. Comes here, dropping catches. Look at the rushing attempts. Seven carries for 17 yards. I mean, the dude was, he was just flat out terrible. I mean, one of those gains, one of those gains was a nine yard gain. So you take away that, you're talking about six carries for, seven, for what, eight yards? Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Got to be better than that. The drop catches as well. I mean, ever since that drop catch against Cincinnati from Chase Edmonds, he has not been the same since. And that's worrisome. It's worrisome for many reasons. Uh, number one, you gave him a two-year contract. Number two, this is a run game specialist head coach that wants to have two running backs involved but can't because you're a liability out there. Like, it's just the fact of the matter is. And then number three, the, probably even number one, I mean, the big reason you have two running backs like this is because Raheem Mostert is so freaking good and so freaking talented, so fast. You love it. But the fact is he just breaks down. You know, it's only a, it's a ticking time bomb. It's only a matter of time before Raheem Oster gets hurt because he has pretty much every season in his nice career in the NFL. And that sucks to say because he's so freaking talented. And as much as we would like to rely on him, you know, if you're giving him all these carries, he's gonna get hurt. And it sucks because it's like you're giving him 16 carries and he's doing so well. You want to give him more, but you know the more you give, it's a higher risk of that. And that's where Chase Edmonds comes to play. And that's why this is a huge, huge disappointment um, by Chris Greer signing Chase Edmonds. And hey, even me, man, I'll be the first to tell you, I thought Chase Edmonds was going to be an X factor in this offense. And my man, like, he ain't cutting it. He ain't cutting it. And something's got to give, you know, the trade deadline. At the end of the day, is approaching. I see a lot of teams are making moves. You saw Christian McCaffrey go to the 49ers. That would have been a nice pickup for us. You saw James Robinson go to the New York Jets following Brees Hall's ACL injury. There's moves out there that should be made from this Dolphins team. A lot of holes, you know, there. Can you improve the secondary? Absolutely, with all those injuries. Can you improve the linebacking position? Absolutely. That's another thing. Pass rush as well. And now running back. So. I see a lot of people talking about Jerry Judy out there. I mean, as nice of a piece that would be to have in this Dolphins offense, I know he's got the connection with Tua. I know he's a great route runner. I love Jerry Judy, to be honest with you. But when you look at all the other holes on this team, that's just not something that I would target right now for this Dolphins team. I think you're set at wide receiver. I like, you know, having guys like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. You know the damage they can do. Uh, having a nice running back out there in Mostert, you know, having Mike Gesicki in your back pocket, although he can't block, he can catch the ball. And Sherfield has been solid. Sherfield has been solid at the end of the day. So I'm pretty much set from a pass catching standpoint. Only thing on offense, like I said, I would like to get that second running back. But other than that, I mean, the other things are definitely more alarming to me. But uh, back about the game. Uh, yeah, 13-0 lead to start. I mean, we came out guns blazing. I really thought we were going to smack them. And then other things became an issue. I, like I said, I like what I saw from Raheem Oster. I thought Tyreek Hill didn't have a dominant game that we're used to seeing from Tyreek Hill. But still, I mean, seven catches for 72 yards on 13 targets. So I felt like there was a lot of force feeding from Tua there. So I definitely want to see that cleaned up. 
Jalen Waddle, four catches for 88 yards on five targets. He caught his first four. Missed the last one, but Jalen Waddle got into a crazy start, and he's just so freaking good. Like, you can tell Jalen Waddle probably missed two of the most because you really saw a drop-off in production with the backup quarterback. So nice to see Tua and Jalen Waddle get that connection going again, but I want to see more than five targets, man. I mean, there should be no reason why, you know, Mike Gesicki has more targets than Jalen Waddle in a football game. I don't care if Jalen Waddle is double-teamed. You, This guy is a playmaker, I'm pretty sure that he can get open, and he deserves more than five targets. He, he caught his first four, a hot start, and then I feel like they turned away from that. So hopefully I see Jalen Waddle um, get more in the mix, uh, especially early against Detroit. I think that's going to be key, and we'll talk about that matchup in a bit. Uh, the Steelers did make it a game. <laughs> they did fight back a little bit, not going to lie. They kept it interesting. Najee Harris, 65 yards rushing. Friar Muth had uh, 75 yards receiving. George Pickens also 61 yards receiving. I thought he did his thing. And uh, Kenny Pickett, man, three interceptions and one touchdown. Like, this guy pretty much just, I don't know if I would say he gave the game away or we just took it, but, I mean, Kenny Pickett is not that guy. Like, to be honest with you, he's not it. I mean, that noodle arm is heavy over there in Pittsburgh. They want to talk about Tua's arm strength. My man, get a load of this Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback. I mean, the dude is not that. I mean, besides dump offs, ain't nothing entertaining about it. Like you're you're talking about little five yard throws, little four yard throws here and there. And when he tries to throw deep, like hmm, let's just uh ask Noah <laughs> what he thinks about Kenny throwing the deep ball. But hey man, hey man, they did make it interesting. They they made it a game at the end of the day. Shortly towards the end, it was a six point game throughout throughout the fourth quarter, majority of that. You know, Steelers needing a touchdown to win the game. Late in the fourth quarter, Javon Holland had a clutch, clutch interception that pretty much would probably have sealed the deal for you, but then the offense, all they needed to do was to get a first down. They weren't able to do so, so we had to give the ball back while being up by six with under two minutes left, and you know now this is when Dolphins Nation has their heart racing. Like, are we really about to lose this freaking game? Like, no way. We can't lose to these guys. We can't lose to Kenny Pickett. I mean, the dude is flat-out trash. No way. No way. And Steelers started driving downfield. The penalties started racking up. Uh, granted, we only had five penalties for 30 yards, so it did get cleaned up a bit. I mean, not the way I would like. I would like to see penalties more in like the one to two, if not zero range, if you get what I'm saying. That's usually when you're at your best. Um, cough, cough, Liam Eikenberg, get your shit together. But yeah, towards the end, six-point lead. Steelers driving all the way downfield. And then Kenny Pickett takes a shot in the end zone to give the Steelers a tie and then extra point to probably win the game, throws it deep. My heart's just like, oh, man, he's throwing deep. Like, uh-oh. And then it is picked off by who else but first-round bust, <laughs> Noah Igbenogany, man. I mean, shout-out to Noah. A beautiful play, like, right in the corner of the end zone. Got two feet inbound. It looked like he was out, you know, in full speed. But when they showed the replay and they showed it in slow-mo, he, in fact— got those two feet down, and that is just incredible, man. I mean, from Noah Igbenogany, you know, the first-round pick who has been so god-awful throughout his whole career here in Miami, and that's what he's been. He's been awful. He has been terrible, terrible. Like, nobody can say, yo, just because Noah, pick, Noah got a pick, he's nice. Like, absolutely not. But, man, a kid that has been through adversity, who has been talked about bad by myself, by the fan base, by the media— 
everybody knows it. I mean, everybody knows it. For him to just bend and not break like this Miami Dolphins team does and pick up that interception when it matters most, game-saving to win the game, not only does he get the pick, which he already has trouble doing that originally, but he gets the pick in a, such a tight space, gets his two feet inbound, has them both set before going out of bounds. Like, that is just like, wow. Like, I, that made my night, obviously, and I'm still, like, in, just in awe about that. Like, Noah really got the game-winning interception and kept his two feet inbound. Absolutely awesome, awesome, awesome play by Noah. And great just resilience from him to just continue to just go out there and fight and fight and fight and just bend and not break and continue to just give it like just all gas and not stopping, man. Just not stopping. He keeps going. And then look, man, he is obviously the player of the week. I mean, you don't for the Dolphins, you don't you don't win that game without him. That's crazy to say. Like we're here in week seven and we're saying we do not win that game without Noah Igbenogany. Like, who would have thought? You asked me that before the game. Like, yo, you're not going to win. The reason why you're going to win one of these games is because of Noah. I'd say, get the hell out of here. <laughs> but, hey, man, shout-out to Noah. Shout-out to this Miami Dolphins team getting back in the win column. Uh, things I want to see better from the game, like I said, I want to see Chase Edmonds. Like, if you're going to be the guy, you got to stop dropping balls, man. Um, Liam Eikenberg, you got to be better. Like, these penalties going up against you are just getting inexcusable at this point. I mean, we've traded up for Liam Eikenberg, and he's been absolutely terrible. Like, every time I see a flag, I'm already waiting for the guy. I'm saying number 74 already before the ref even says it. Like, you just know, and that's the problem, you know? Um, four for 14 on third down. I want to see that get better. Like, I don't want four for 14 on third down. I thought with Tua, it'll be cleaned up a little bit better. Uh, I want to see Tua slide. <laughs> I want to see Tua know how to throw the ball away and not take unnecessary hits as we need him. I want to see less force feeding of Tyreek Hill. Like, I get it. You want to get this guy involved. You want, you know, he's going to be double teamed. But I mean, there was one that he was triple teamed. And I, I'm like, you know, some of those are just, you know, head scratching to me. Jalen Waddle. Five targets, like I said, I would like to see that get higher up there. Love what I saw from the defense. I mean, three interceptions. Like, this legit felt like a game that we're watching from Brian Flores. I mean, the team where, where a game where the offense is playing shit, gives you one touchdown, you're relying on field goals, and you're relying on your defense and getting those interceptions. And then once you get the interceptions, you don't get first down, so you're giving the ball back. So the defense did play their ass off. Three interceptions is no joke. Jalen Phillips did get involved. He got a sack, so nice to see that. But I would like to see those things from offense. And then, obviously, injuries, injuries, injuries. You cannot sleep on the injuries that have happened here for this Dolphins team. You got Cater Kohu out. You got Nick Needham out. Byron Jones out. And the list goes on and on from, you know, Trill Williams, from all, all our cornerbacks is out. I mean, we have Xavier out there who's not even 100% healthy with Noah and then a bunch of guys off the street. But, hey. You, you, can't, you can't make excuses, man. As long as you've got your starting quarterback out there, you should be able to, you know, do your thing and win games. You know, when you're down a quarterback, your starting quarterback, I think that's when you can, you know, understand some losses. But 
other than that next man up man next man up all around it's a collective team game especially on the defensive end they play together and i think they'll get the things right but i would like to see this team get healthy and i would like to see all those things that i mentioned from the offensive end but with that being said moving on to week eight taking on the detroit lions and listen the lions are a team that is one in five their best player in St. Brown is dealing with a concussion, so he's questionable for this game on Sunday. If he plays, I mean, he is a stud, <laughs> absolute stud. DeAndre Swift, they got talented guys like that. You know, Jared Goff is, you know, having an interesting season. I mean, he's throwing the hell out of the ball. Jamal Williams is also no joke as well. This team is exactly what you've seen in Hard Knocks. This is a gritty team. This is a team that does not let up. This is a team that fights till the very end. And Dan Campbell has this team playing a really, really, really nice, solid game. Although the last couple of weeks, it's been a different story. You know, they've gotten smacked up the last couple of weeks in particular. But, you know, towards the beginning of the season, you know, there were some losses that could have been wins there. You know, they did pick up one win and they were in pretty much every game. But the point is, this Detroit Lions team is not a team that I'm sleeping on whatsoever. All right. First of all, we're going on the road. So we're playing in Detroit. And like I said, this is a tough physical team, and if the Miami Dolphins are not ready and they're not cleaning a lot of those things up that we saw on Sunday, I can absolutely see a Detroit Lions upset here against the Miami Dolphins. Hopefully not, but I'm just saying, like, listen, you look at the schedule, you say, oh, Dolphins got the Lions, you know, that's an easy dub. Yeah, it should be, but these aren't the Lions of old. These are the Lions. Yes, they're one and five. Yes, this and that. But this is a physical team. This is a gritty team. This is a team that doesn't give up. And those are the teams that you just hate to play as a professional athlete. This is just like, you know, uh, what's, an, what's a team in like the NBA? You know, these teams are better, but, you know, Memphis Grizzlies, Miami Heat, like teams that are just going to get after it and just never give up till the very end. That's exactly the type of team that you get in Detroit. Now, you look at their numbers, and you're like, what are you talking about? That's just what they are. And I'm pretty sure that you guys will be able to see that this Sunday. So Dolphins need to have be on their absolute A game. Listen, the Lions, when it comes to offense, they're fourth in offense, believe it or not. The, Miami, uh, the Detroit Lions are fourth in offense, in total offense. Like, there goes to show you. And what are the Miami Dolphins in defense? 21st, giving up a shitload in the passing game. And that is exactly what the Detroit Lions like to do with Jared Goff under center. They like to sling that ball. They like to mix it up, but they do like passing that rock. And the Miami Dolphins, with these banged-up cornerbacks, are going to be tested against who else but the Detroit Lions, which is crazy. But that's just something to look out for. Listen, fourth in offense, all right? That's a league that has, you know, high-powered offenses, you know? Only people that are ahead of them is the New Orleans Saints— the Kansas City Chiefs, and Buffalo. Not even the Eagles have a better offense than the Detroit Lions. That's an Eagles team with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Like, you heard that. Look at the stats for yourself. You don't believe me. Lions are fourth in offense. Listen, Dolphins better be ready. Now, the Dolphins, when it comes to offense, they're third in passing, okay? So that's a good thing. Only behind the Chiefs and the Bills. But obviously, the rushing is what kind of balances it out a bit, and that leads the Miami Dolphins to be 10th in offense in the NFL. In case you were wondering where the Lions stack, they're at 4th. Dolphins are at 10th. But the Dolphins are 21st in defense, and obviously, against the pass, they are have been terrible. You know you got Xavier Howard locking it up, but everywhere else is 
eh, you know, you're just hoping. Now, there is good news here for the Dolphins, okay? <laughs> there is some good news, besides the fact that you're playing the Lions. Lions are 32nd in defense. They are terrible. That I can't even tell you, like, they fight. I can't give you no, you know, no courtesy there. Like, oh, they fight hard. They, no, no, no. When I tell you they're bad on defense, they are terrible. <laughs> they're freaking bad. They are ass. You can absolutely get whatever you want against this team. All right? First of all, they're giving up an average of 249 yards per game passing. So they're giving up a ton of yards there. Against rushing, opponents are rushing 162.8 yards per game rushing. So you can absolutely get everything you want to get going on offense, everything that you needed to clean up against Pittsburgh, you can clean it up on this game right here. And I expect this Dolphins team to be ready to do so. Mike McDaniel is an offensive guy. You're going against a 32-ranked defense. So that alone should tell you that the Dolphins should be in for a lot of points scored, and that's what I look forward to seeing this Sunday. So those, those things do ring a bell a lot. When you talk about X-Factors for me, I would love to see Raheem Mostert continue to get the ball and get more yards rushing. I want to see, like, if you could give me 100, I'd be having a day. Um, from the passing game, I want to see Jalen Waddle involved. I'm not worried about Tyreek Hill. I know Tyreek Hill is going to get fed, whether he's double teamed or whatever the case is. That has been shown. But I want to see Tua get right, and I want to see Tua establish that connection with Jalen Waddle. Like, he had it early. He had it early on in the season. We need to get that back up. We need to get Jalen Waddle's confidence up and just show everybody that it's not just Tyreek Hill. It's Jalen Waddle as well. And now I'm saying that with Jalen Waddle being fourth in receiving yards, by the way. So I'm being a little greedy, but we know what Jalen Waddle could be. And he can be, he's capable. Like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are capable of being one and two. Like, let's get them there. Like, how about that? X factors on defense. I mean, hey, got to be the cornerback position. I'm going to lean on my guy, Noah. Noah has, listen, he has the talent of a first round pick or else you wouldn't have taken him there. He's just been a pack of ass. but. He got the interception. Now, will that build momentum? Will we see a different Noah from here on out? I want to see that. I'm paying a close, close eye on Noah Igbenogany's game this Sunday against the Detroit Lions. I'm rooting for him. I hope he can just, this can be like a, a flip, a, a flip of a switch, and something just lights up, and Noah goes big time. So I think a lot of the X, the X factor is probably going to be on him. You want him to be able to hold the fort down. You know Xavier Howard's going to get you locked up over there on the other side. So Noah. Be ready. And how about pass rushing as well? I want to see more sacks, man. I mean, this Dolphins team under Brian Flores was picking up sacks at a higher rate than they are now. I want to see them get back to that, man. I really, really do. Like Jalen Phillips, I, I like that he's been able to get involved for multiple weeks. But let's keep that thing going, man, because he has had a tough, tough start to begin the season. I want to see Jalen Phillips, and I want to see Noah get involved. Um, and I, I think, like I said, I think the opportunities are going to be there. Like I said, they're fourth in offense for a reason. They like to take shots. They like to be greedy a little bit. I think the Dolphins could be ready to capitalize, and we'll see this defense, you know, just take another step like they did against Pittsburgh. I mean, three interceptions, only allowing 10 points. That's big time. Let, let, let's get that. Let's get another one of those games. Let's get another one of those games. Now for score predictions. Let's see, where do I go here? It's actually a three-point spread. They actually have the Lions only favored by three points, which is crazy. But I get it. You know, they're at home, a gritty team. You know, our Dolphins didn't do too well on offense Sunday. Hmm. 
But the Lions are 32 in defense. Mike McDaniel, head coach, you know, wanted to build some momentum. Didn't like how we look against Pittsburgh. Let's, I think we score a fucking shitload, man. You know what? Give me, all right. Is this too much? Nah, let me scale it back. All right. I'm going to go 35 21 Dolphins win. I wanted, I was deciding, in case you guys are wondering, I was thinking about going to 42. But it's like, man, you know, do I go 42 like that? Like, Tua has to, you know, show me. Coming off 16, that's a lot to ask for. I think 16 uh, points going to 35 is very solid enough. I will take that. Against the 32-ranked defense, I think the Dolphins are capable of scoring 42. But I'm just going to go 35-21. I think the Lions do put up 21 on us. Like I said, quite frankly, I just think that our defense is missing some things. Yes, they played awesome. Yes, they had three interceptions. But... This Lions offense have shown to be really, really good, and I just don't like the health of our defense. So I'm giving the Lions 21 points, but I'm giving ourselves against this 32-ranked defense, I'm getting us 35 points. So 35-21 is my prediction. I'm assuming that it's going to be a Dolphins win. I'm assuming that the Dolphins are going to go to 5-3, and three, and Tua will be 5-0 and oh as the starting quarterback this season when he finishes the game and get used to it. Because that's exactly what Tua is about. That's exactly what Tua is going to do. And listen, the league's in trouble, man, because Tua's back healthy. He only missed a couple weeks. I see the Jets got a little bit happy over there. They're climbing up in the standings a little bit. They're getting really, really excited. But hey, Tua's back. Better watch your back because we coming. So there you have it. 35-21 Dolphins win is my prediction. Yo. Let's get to five and three, and let's keep these good vibes going, baby. So keeping things locked in with the NFL season, we're going into week eight of the NFL. That's crazy, man. Week eight, nearly halfway done with the NFL regular season. I mean, time freaking flies when it's football season. It's crazy. But hey, without further ado, it's time for the segment, my favorite segment of the week, and that is... NFL predictions. All right, so starting off with Thursday Night Football, but let's just recap on how I did last week. It was a rough, rough, rough week as I went 7-7 seven and seven with the straight picks. That is god-awful. You never want to see that, especially with just straight picks. And against the spread... I went six and eight. So my total record, my straight picks are 61, 46, and one. So we still doing all right. 15 games over 500. And then against the spread, I am 56, 51, and one. So positive by five games there. Still looking all right. Still looking all right. Looking for a big week. And we're getting started off with Thursday night football. We have the Baltimore Ravens at four and three. Going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are at home, three and four, coming off two brutal losses, one to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the other one to the Carolina Panthers. I mean, those are games that the Bucs should not be losing. Bucs are not the favorite here at home. Baltimore is. Baltimore is favored by one and a half points. Listen, I don't see Brady losing three games in a row. Yes, he looks bad. Yes, he's stressed out. Yeah, the Bucs don't look good. Yada, yada, yada. Listen. Ravens, at the end of the day, they don't look too good either. Yes, they're 4-3, and three, but they've blown opportunities left and right, and there's a couple of games that they should have lost as well. Bucks are at home, coming off two bad losses, and I got Brady on my side as an underdog. I'm going with the Bucks, and that's pretty much going to be the best bet that I'm locking in for you guys. So if you want to don't even wait for the bet, you just want the bet, 
it's it's going to be Tampa Bay. It's going to be Tom Brady as an underdog. That's for sure. So give me the Bucks plus one and a half, and give me the Bucks straight up. Next Sunday, the Miami Dolphins taking on the Detroit Lions. Give me the Dolphins to win. They're favored by three points. Give me the Dolphins laying the three as well. Next on the board, the Denver Broncos taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are the favorite by two and a half. Denver, are you going to get Russell Wilson back? He is questionable. This game is in London, 9.30 start on Sunday morning. Give me the Jaguars to win this game and give me the Jaguars laying the two and a half. Next, the Carolina Panthers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. This game is in Atlanta. Atlanta's favored by four and a half. I know Carolina's coming off a nice win against the Bucs, but I'm rolling with the Falcons here. Give me the Falcons and give me the Falcons laying the four and a half. Next, the Chicago Bears at three and four with that impressive win against the New England Patriots. How about that? Going against the Dallas Cowboys, who are five and two, who have Dak Prescott back, coming off a win. They didn't look too, too good. But it's got to feel good to have your quarterback back out there. Dallas is favored by 10 points here. That's heavy, 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 heavy. Give me the Cowboys to win, but give me the Bears getting 10. Next, the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Minnesota's favored by three and a half points. DeAndre Hopkins is back for the Cardinals. He looked good last week in his return. But I just don't trust the Cardinals. And I don't really trust the Vikings either. But Vikings are at home. This to me is a toss-up. Give me the Vikings and give me the Vikings laying the three and a half, actually. Next, the Las Vegas Raiders, who were in must-win territory last week against the Houston Texans, and they pulled it off. So they are now two and four. Taking on the two and five Saints. Now, these are two teams that a lot of people, including myself, had as a team to be sleepers, had as a playoff lock, and both of them with only two games won. That's going to be hard to do so at this point. Vegas is actually favored on the road by two points. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Saints to win this game. And I'm also going to take the Saints plus the two points that they're getting at home. Like this spot for them. Next, the New England Patriots at three and four. Taking on the New York Jets who are five and two. This game is in MetLife Stadium. Patriots are favored by one and a half. Listen, Mac Jones looks awful. Patriots coming off a loss. Everybody feels great in Jetland right now. But is Bill Belichick going to lose to the New York Jets? I don't see it. I don't see it. Bill Belichick owns the New York Jets. I am taking the Patriots to win this game, and I'm also taking the Patriots laying the one and a half. Next, the Pittsburgh Steelers going against the Philadelphia Eagles, who are coming off a bye and are undefeated. This game's in Philly, and Philly's favored by 11 points. That is a big number. Jesus. Give me the Eagles to win in the battle for Pennsylvania, but give me the Steelers getting 11 points here. Next, the Tennessee Titans in a division game going against the Houston Texans. This game is in Houston. Tennessee's only favored by two points here. Love this spot for them. Love it. Love it. Give me the Titans and give me the Titans laying the two. Next, the Washington Commanders taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz, is he the quarterback? Is he not? Is it Heineke? Definitely going to be Heineke. Colts are not good. Commanders are not good. This is a disgusting game. Colts are favored by three points. Shit. Give me the Colts, I, I guess. Give me the Colts and give me Washington plus three. Maybe a three-point finish. Very ugly game. I will not be watching that, but yeah. Colts and then Commanders plus the three. 
Next, the 49ers going against the Los Angeles Rams. This game is in L.A. Rams coming off the bye. Rams are not the favorite. The Niners are the favorite by one and a half on the road. They got CMC now over there. This team owns the Rams. The Rams only beat them when it came to the playoffs last year, which is when it matters most. Shanahan owns McVay. But they lost the last one. This is a division game. You should not lose two games, especially at home. You should not lose off the bye. Like this spot for the Rams. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Rams on this one. Give me the Rams to win this game. And give me the Rams plus the one and a half that they're giving me. I think they went straight up. Um, next, the New York Giants, who are 6-1, and one, taking on the Seattle Seahawks, who are 4-3. and three. This game is in Seattle. Seattle's favored by three. Listen, the Giants have been so impressive, man. Saquon Barkley is balling. Brian Dayball's coaching his ass off. They got all of these no-name receivers just balling out. Shout-out to Wendell Robinson out of Kentucky, though. He's been doing good. Daniel Jones has been pretty solid. <laughs> but Geno Smith, man, he's been solid. Now, who would have thought that a Geno Smith-led team would be looking great and a Daniel Jones team would be 6-1? and one? This is going to be a nice, nice, entertaining game, man. A game that you guys probably thought before the season started would be a trash game. This is actually going to be fun to watch, man. This is going to be fun. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Giants to win here on the road and improve to 7-1. and one. And give me the Giants also getting three points here. I like this spot for them as well. Um, next, Sunday Night Football. Hmm. Interesting, interesting matchup. The Green Bay Packers, who are coming off losses to the Giants, Jets, and Commanders. What is going on with Rodgers and Brady? I mean, wow. Coming off with those losses, that's just crazy. Now they got their work cut out for them. They're going to Buffalo to take on the 5-1 and one Buffalo Bills at home coming off a bye. Yikes. Terrible spot here for Aaron Rodgers. I think the Bills win. Bills are actually fair by 11.5. That is way too big of a number for me to lay. So give me Green Bay covering. Give me Green Bay plus 11.5, but give me the Bills straight up. And the last game is Monday Night Football. The Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Cleveland Browns. In Cleveland, Bengals are favored by 3.5 points. I am going to go ahead and take the Bengals here, but I'm going to take Cleveland plus the 3.5. I think Cleveland covers this one. It's a division game. It's at home, prime time. You know you're going to be up for this game. I think Chubb goes crazy in this one, but I like the Bengals to win. So give me the Bengals picking up the win, but the Browns covering the three. And those are my predictions for the week. And now for my best bet. Uh, last week, we had the Bucks in the parlay. And the previous week, we had the Bucks in the parlay. We lost both because of the Bucks. And you guys aren't going to believe this. But I'm going with the Bucks again. Listen, something's got to give, okay? The Bucks are underdogs against the Ravens on primetime football. The Bucks have Tom Brady. Tom Brady is coming off two losses, one against the Steelers, one against Carolina, both on the road. But against those bad teams, is Tom Brady really going to lose three in a row here? And he's coming back at home. He's pissed the hell off. Tom Brady. As an underdog on primetime football, coming off two bad losses, you mean to tell me that the go isn't going to bounce back? 
Listen, this is a lock of the week. I understand we lost two in a row because of the Bucks, but I am riding it again. I'm going with the Bucks money line plus 100 on FanDuel. They're underdogs. Brady, underdog at home? I've heard enough. Book me in there. That is my lock of the week. You could fade or follow it. I'm taking it, man. I'm ro- I'm rolling with Tom Brady. This game is on Thursday. Get some money in your pocket early in the week. You don't even got to wait till Sunday. Maybe you got some money to play with. Hey, I'm riding it. Hopefully, you guys tail. If not, I'll be the first one to tell you I told you so. <laughs> Best of luck to everybody. Hope you enjoyed um, the show, the predictions. And I hope you guys, whether if you fade or follow, hope you guys make some money if you're betting um, nonetheless as well. So there you have it. Week 8 predictions. All right, so that's a wrap. Another episode in the books. Another Miami Dolphins win in the books. And let's just say... That things feel good in Dolphins country. Going against the Lions, coming up here. Like I said, I like how I feel about this team, man. I'm just so glad to see Tua back out there. I'm so glad to see Noah out here doing big things. And I'm so glad to have the continued support that I have from you guys week in and week out listening to this podcast. Listen, it's been a pleasure as always. Make it a good week. And once again, thank you all for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast with Nando Diaz. 